if I'm not tattooing today, um, my answer to you is like, I, I really don't know. In fact, tattooing, I could say it saved my life in a way. Right. Back into arts, back into what I love doing. So 12 years ago, I was like working and doing things that um, there's no meaning for me. I'm just making money to, to sustain, to, to make a life out of it. But tattooing really brought me back to drawing, to painting, to, to everything that really put back to art. Yeah. Hello and welcome to the Sneaky Art Podcast. I'm your host, Nishant Chen. My guest today is one of the most fantastic artists I know. And I had the pleasure of joining him for one of his first live drawing sessions on Instagram during the early pandemic. Do you remember that time when everyone was going live on Instagram? Alvin is famous for his realistic pencil portraits, distinctive watercolor style, and the hundreds of live drawing sessions he's now done on Instagram with other artists. But that is just his Instagram. As I speak with him, I realize he's led a most interesting life, full of roadblocks and detours, and we follow this path with him, both professional and personal, as it leads us to a hotel in America where Alvin is watching reality TV late one night. He happens to see an episode of L.A. Inc., a reality show about tattoo artists in L.A. This otherwise ordinary moment of life marks for him a profound change. Speaking with Alvin, I am aware of the fact that since we're both Asians, we've both grown up in a society that does not really uh, encourage outlier behavior as much as Western societies. To do what you want do do precisely what you want is a bit of an uphill task. So I appreciated his extraordinary resilience to chart his own path and to not shy away from taking difficult decisions and from making big leaps of faith. This conversation was recorded in March, so excuse us if some of the references are a little dated. Follow Alvin's wonderful work and maybe book him for a tattoo using the link in the episode description. Thank you to everyone that supports the show and thank you to everyone that listens. I hope you enjoy today's episode. thinking the last couple of days is like um i'm almost reaching my 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 big 50 so i oh yeah i, I realized <laughs> i have done quite a bit in my life you know yeah i have gone through quite a bit of up and downs in my life and and so many things i've experienced and and uh, done so many different jobs and 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 you know yeah life experience and, and so on it's quite interesting, actually. And also, you know, this idea that people should just do what they want and a life is richer when it has a lot of diverse life experiences. This is not a standard idea that every, you know, 
across cultures, sometimes it is not shared. Like that is not what is valued most. So, you know, like in individualist societies, I think it is valued that you have a unique life experience or you do something that no one else did or you do a large number of different things. But in, I have found at least in Eastern Asian societies and South Asian societies like Indian, uh, that kind of spirit is not valued the same way. Like if somebody is very successful, then we don't mind. But otherwise, we don't advise people to do that kind of thing with their life, right? You're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. It just for for me, it's just like, um, I mean, from from the day I was born, you know, uh, it's like I I could really consider myself. I'm really really blessed with my my family, especially my parents. Um, how I was brought up, I I was kind of very very lucky compared to, I mean, of course, throughout life stages you know i have so many downs and 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 i complains a lot and 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 you know you just felt like why me you know and and why is happening to me and, and why why this and that and um why i cannot be like um someone else or whatever you know and why i can right. achieve this and that so i kind of like still at at the end of the day like today right now i could sit down there and uh, i could tell you like I'm really, really blessed with my life. Uh, yeah. And uh, I, I'm very, very lucky to have experienced so many things in my life in the last 50 years. It's, it's a really powerful thing to, you know, to sometimes I feel that it's not that difficult to be happy in life, except that we make it very difficult for ourselves. Like we don't accept, we don't uh, congratulate ourselves or we, uh, there, there is a certain personality that does not forgive itself enough so like if you are an ambitious person then you can always uh, think about only the next thing you want to do and right. you don't take a step to appreciate what you have done yeah 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 I, I i kind of like i'm very ambitious since i was young and uh my expectations every day is very high i want to do so many things in in 24 hours you know everyone wish that they could have like 48 hours or, or even more you know, so it's like, yeah, it's, it's, this, this is life, you know, so you have yeah. to appreciate what, what you have every day. That's so true. Yeah. And I share that spirit to some extent about wanting to extend every day. Uh, like I, I find myself in the minority of people who are like this, that I don't really like to sleep in. So every day I wake up super early because I really like to be awake. <laughs> like I really like to do things. Yeah. Even if I'm not really doing, achieving a lot, quote unquote, like maybe I'm just reading something, but I want to be awake and I want to, you know, so I sleep the minimum amount that I can sort of get away with. And I wake up every day without an alarm and I just jump out of bed and I, I love to get on with my day. And I find that this is not a common feeling <laughs> for most of people. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, different people have dif different lifestyles and, 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 and so on. So, yeah, I, for me, I kind of like at, at a certain period of my life, I tend to work very hard. But when come to a point, I almost like drop out. I, I, I almost like, you know, uh, felt a bit discouraged. I tend to be more lazy, you know, wake up late and, and sleep more and, and tend, tend to do nothing. But but when I when when the peak go up go up again, you know, I I tend to like you know go all the way out again. Yeah, actually, you know, this is actually very interesting. I have been think, uh, reading and listening and just generally thinking about what idea we usually have of, about productivity. You know, we think that people should 
always be on in order to achieve the most number of things. And especially when we are young and ambitious, we think that, you know, peak achievement, that means properly product, being productive with every hour, every minute. But it seems to me, and you have been involved in so many different creative processes, like mm. all kinds of creative energies, that off time and downtime and slack time, no matter what word you choose for it, is almost as important as active time. Yep, yep, yep. I I kind of like, um, uh, I don't know, it's productive. If you were to ask me, am I productive every day? I, I could say, uh, to be honest, I, I'm not, I'm not every day, but I kind of like, I try to be productive every day, but you know, and as I said, um, there's so many things that you want to do in life, you know, every single day, you know, uh, it, it tends to like, sometimes, uh, you give your own priorities to, to things that you want to do, uh, uh, at the wrong priorities, you know, you tend to like, sometimes you know that you need to do this, but you end up uh, watching Netflix, <laughs> you, you know, that, that, that kind of thing is like, and, and once, yeah, it's like time wasted sometimes, you know, but sometimes right. when you think back, you know, watching Netflix is, is, is not time wasted, but you, you learn something and you, 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 you gain something from, from watching something. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely true. Actually, there's a very nice word for it. In case you ever feel bad about doing this, you can use this word and feel better. It's called creative procrastination. <laughs> it's when you are wasting time, but you get to use the excuse of being a creative person who needs inspiration. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, talking about procrastination, I, I, I love to procrastinate since, since <laughs> long, long time ago, you know, who, who, who doesn't, you know? Yeah, yeah, so I, I feel like I do it all the time, but I think people would look at your work and how diligently you do so many live sessions and you're doing these long projects and there are the tattoos and there are your other activities. You do so many things. People would not think that you procrastinate. You are you would be like an image of efficient artist who is delivering work all the time. Right, right, right. I, I give that, I mean, I give the impression to, to everyone, you know, that wow. Elvin works so hard, you know, they're producing work every day and everything, but actually, no, no, to be honest, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm very, very honest with this podcast. So <laughs> yeah, sneaky art exclusive, you know, Alvin, I just realized I didn't quite technically welcome you to the podcast. So let me just do that now. So at least I have it done. Okay. Hello, Alvin. Good morning. And welcome to the sneaky art podcast. I am absolutely delighted to speak with you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Nisha. Thank you for having me. Alvin, I, we, we connected for the first time during the pandemic when you got in touch with me about doing an Instagram live drawing session. And that's the first time I saw your profile and I saw all the kind of art you do. And, you know, I saw your work. I saw what we were talking about. And immediately I concluded that, okay, you're an ink artist. You're a person who draws with pencils and all these blue color pencils and ink. And that's what you do, because that's what I saw. And then we spoke and I learned more about your life. And since then I have followed your work on, uh, like I have followed the various conversations you've had with other people on podcasts, as well as on your live sessions. And I've learned more and more things about you and you do all these different things. And this is something that I find very interesting as a creative person myself, I really think very 
consciously about how to design my life, like how to live deliberately to do the things that I want to do. And I love being able to speak with people who are doing the same kind of stuff. So uh, when I when we first connected, I thought you were a line work artist who always does live sessions on Instagram. But that was not the case. That was something that you had recently started doing and COVID was a major reason why you started doing this. Tell me a little bit about that time, those circumstances. How did you decide to do this thing? Um, okay. I uh, First of all, when the actual pandemic started um, back in early 2020, um, you know, um, we are kind of like the whole world, every one of us, including yourself, we, 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 kind of, we get lost and we don't even know what's happening and everything. And, uh, and then I started to realize one big um, problem that I'm going to face, which is um, uh, I most likely, I couldn't travel anymore, you know, uh, because I used to travel um, every year to work and um, to, um, to tattoo. So, um, so when the pandemic started and I realized like flights are stopping, flights are canceling, postponed and everything, and, and the pandemic is getting more, more serious. So everything is shutting down. So I was kind of like starting to feel depressed and, and starting to feel worried and for my family and for myself. So, uh, I wanted to find something, something to do, you know, something new, you know, I can't be like sitting down and, um, there's so not so much, um, tattooing to be done locally here, you know, so I, I want to find a, a new skill, a, a new hobby. So. Um, that's when I started to, um, start looking at Instagram and, and realize there is, um, um, people, what is people drawing and posting, uh, what you call urban sketching is all about. So I started following a few like, um, France and especially Paul or Houston. And that's where I, um, saw you and Paul at the first life. That's where I, I, I started um, to learn about yourself also, you know, about your work. So, yeah. So, I, and I was like, so interesting. It's like all these artists, incredible artists drawing from life, you know, um, I, I didn't even know the word urban sketching, what it, what it meant, you know, even right. though I'm an artist right. for so long. So, but, um, I know people go to draw like plain air and uh, paint, paint on site in life, but I don't know what is urban sketching all about. So it's like, okay. So I, I, I started to follow a few urban sketches on Instagram. Um, then, uh, I started to doing myself. Then when I saw, uh, you having your life with Paul, then I realized I could probably do that as well. You know, inviting artists that I, I admire that, that, that give me the inspiration to, to start this urban sketching. To, to go live with me, even that, um, my, in, in fact, my first live, my very, very first IG live was with Paul. Yeah. Back in March, early March, um, 2020. Yeah. That's about two years, two years ago, exactly two years ago. Yeah. That was my first, first live. I, I remember I was like 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock in the morning. Uh, it was, it was early, early morning for him. And, uh, I was so nervous. I was so, so nervous doing my first live and talking to Paul. I know how great he is. 
and drawing live with him. I think we we drew uh we drew uh um uh was it a Venetian canal? Venetian, yes, a Venetian river and and some boats and and two right. sides. There's there's some buildings. It was. I remember it was a perspective challenge. Yeah, that was like oh my god! I was like I I kind of like, but I really really enjoy from from then on from then from then onwards. I I I I get to learn a lot from him. Uh, Right. My confidence grew from there. Yeah, yeah. Drawing live is a like at least okay. Drawing drawing live on Instagram was a challenge in a couple of different ways. Firstly, there's the idea that you will draw a uh, quote unquote live. Like pe- uh, some few people are going to watch. You never know how many, and you never know how they will drop off or go do something else. But at that time, I think there was this craze of Instagram live, and a lot of people were doing this because. Everybody was going through this thing at the same time. Like I think the whole world was in sync for at least the first few weeks or the first few months of the pandemic before we started to do different things. Yeah. But uh, tell me a little bit about this first experience. What were you thinking about? Were you worried about drawing live like this? Um, as I said, I was kind of like very nervous. I don't know what uh I should say or what I should not say to Paul and or to the audience. So um. I kind of like, and also drawing live, and I know that, uh, I think probably that live, the very first live with Paul, uh, um, Paul had many followers. So when Paul come into live, we, we had probably about three to four hundred viewers, on on that live, and of course it dropped off uh, eventually. But uh, I kind of nervous um, uh, when when I was drawing live with Paul and also chatting with him. And uh, I was looking at at the numbers of uh, people watching. It's kind of nervous, and then and, and my mind is like uh, juggling so many things, you know, um, what I should say and what I should not say, and and how do I like? And I, I'm the host, you know, uh, I'm hosting the the live, so and also drawing at the same time, and and people are watching me drawing for the first time, you know, on IG live. So I'm kind of like, and yeah, it's it's. It was very very slow process for me uh, during that that very first live, and I was kind of like my hand was shaking, my hand was like cold sweat and everything, and I was drawing. Oh, and uh, during the lockdown, I was drawing all my life, especially yeah, most of my life from home. So I brought all my art materials, sketchbooks, watercolor, everything back to my dining table. That's where I do my life is. So. Uh, yeah, my um uh, my my wife and my 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 boy is walking around and 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 you know so there's so many things that I it's so new to me so I I kind of like learn from there and 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 yeah 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 and you've come to really enjoy these sessions you've done so how many sessions have you done so far? Uh, I did have a count. Uh, I think probably more than a hundred. Wow, that's that's amazing. What what is uh what is the conclusion you have reached at the end of it? What is what is it that you thought was important? Like you know, we were talking about how when you're the host, you feel that you feel like this almost this compulsion to perform in some sense, right? Because you're the host and it's live. Something needs to happen. Because that counter is there in front of you and it's changing. Uh, over over a hundred now. What are the secrets that you have cracked to a good Instagram live or any kind of live session of drawing with an audience? Um, okay, like like Paul, I've done probably more than 
six or seven live, including with other artists as well, you know, uh, not one-to-one. So um, a lot of artists that I invite to to come to draw live with me, a lot of this has been a repeat, you know, uh, probably I've, I've done, I've done with Euphoria like four times already the last two years. So it's, um, but I kind of like still get nervous for, for the first time with the artists that I, I do not know, you know, of course, the first few live when I do with all the artists, I tend to go very, very slow because I tend to talk more. I, I want to learn more about the artist or, or let the artist uh, do the talking. But now for the last couple of months, uh, towards the end of last year, you know, all the live I've been like drawing so fast. All my, all my, all my artist friends on IG said, oh, when, 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 when Elvin said, uh, he, he, he will take two hours to probably finish in one hour, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. So I, I kind of like, I, I, I kind of now is I talk less. I do not know why. When I draw, mm-hmm. I really draw on live. So normally mm-hmm. my, my guests will do a lot of talking. So I, I let it be. So, uh, yeah. So there's, there's no secrets about it, but it's just, um, I really like, get used to it and, 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 uh, feel, feel comfortable with, with people doing, uh, with me on, on life. Yeah. 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 I, I, I feel like I, I share those feelings to some extent. Uh, now this podcast is not live and that takes a lot of the burden off, uh, my head, but most of the conversations I have are with people that I don't know. So for example, before this conversation, until the, until I came on. I was very relaxed because we've spoken so many times. I know how to talk to you. I know what I'll talk to you about. I know how we will get into it. So I didn't have to think about it. But I think out of maybe 40 recordings I've done so far, maybe maybe something like 30 of them have been with people that I don't know, that okay. I've never actually met in real life. And often, like maybe out of the 30, maybe 28 times, the recording is literally the first time we are talking, like we have not even connected the day before or anything. So it's the first conversation and I'm trying to make it two hours or something like that. And it's, it's strange. Like you end up overcompensating with too many words because you want to make them comfortable. And then you have to sort of try to understand how do they like to talk? What makes them comfortable? That also comes out during the conversation. So that's a strange experience. Yeah. Yeah. You've, become, I, you've, you've got an interview experience now though. So like, I think you are ready. Like you, you have interview experience while you are live and while you are drawing. So that's a very unique high pressure situation. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I understand how, uh, how, where, where, where you're coming from, especially you're talking to someone that, that for the first time, you know, uh, even though, uh, you have not met all that. It's, it's kind of like, uh, you, do, you, you really don't know how, how that, that your guests will respond to you, to your questions and, and so on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like for us, it, we are, we are, we are so comfortable. <laughs> Alvin, I find it very interesting when I speak to uh, guests from different parts of the world who have made art a very central part of their life. Uh, about when I when I hear about the circumstances in which they became the things that they are, like they started to do the things they like to do and move in these creative directions. These circumstances change so much from person to person. Some people have a supportive environment 
they have an infrastructure around the subjects that make them curious and they can follow that path from, they can identify a path in life if it's art related and they have followed it and they've come to interesting unexpected places, but it has been a, a path of a path that was almost well-trodden in a lot of respects. Like there was a clear pathway to follow, but there are some guests I speak to in whose lives there was not a clear path to follow. They had to make their own path either because of the uh, environment they were living in, their circumstances, or even because sometimes they didn't know what they exactly wanted to do. And they have, their life has been about figuring this out over time. So when I see the different ways that you have been creative and the different ways that you have kept art in your life, I feel that a lot of it is not simply you doing the thing that you do. A lot of it is really you trying to find things that you can do and trying to find ways to keep art and creativity in your life. How do you feel about this? What was it like for you? What place did art have in your life as you were growing up? And, you know, when you make these decisions about what you want to study, what you want to be, what were the ideas you had? Uh, yeah, I, for, since, since childhood, since, since probably at the age of like, probably by, uh, during the kindergarten, especially, you know, I, uh, if I, I still can, could recall I back then I really loved drawing, you know, uh, and, um, studying other subjects is, is, is not, not what interests me. I always take the color pencils or pencil or a piece of paper. I'll be drawing, you know, since, since then. So I realized that I, I love drawing so much. So as I grow older, you know, during, during the teenage years, especially during the teenage years, I realized. I have an ambition to be an architect because, uh, my eldest brother is an architect, uh, retired. So he, he kind of like, I, I kind of follow him, um, during his process, during, uh, during the college and to the, to the universities. So I, I've seen so much of what he, he does, um, um, especially when he has assignments of doing all the modeling works and everything. They use the, uh, a special wood called balsa wood, uh, a very soft wood. You can just cut with a blade to build models of homes and everything. When I was young, I tend to like go and, and steal some of them and, and go to a site and, 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 and do my own home, do my own like, um, future homes and, and dream homes and, and so on. So I, I, I really like modeling and I told myself, I wanted to like design buildings and houses and, and think I want to be an architect just like him. I didn't realize that I want to like become an artist, fine art artist, and, and so on, until I finished my tertiary education back in Singapore. And when I came back, um, I realized architecture is not, not for me. So uh, my dad was saying, he said, you, if you love art, you just come back to a local college to uh, uh, do uh, whatever you want, you know, uh, start learning art here in locally. So I came back and ended up in an art school that uh, learning uh, fundamental of uh, designs, graphic design, and and illustrations. Yeah. So then it it goes on. Uh, when I graduate, I came out and um uh for uh work in the uh, advertising industry for like a couple of years. Uh, for like three four years, went to uh, video production for a year, and and back. 
in 2000, that was probably uh, late 90s. That's where I stopped uh, creative work for for more than 10 years. And I, I, I got involved in my family business, which is totally not art related at all. Uh, I do um, pest control, uh, extermination, uh, pest extermination. So I learned everything I could say, I could learn everything that I need to learn about extermination, uh, pest control uh, in my family business for, I was stuck there for almost 13 years doing sales and uh, um, learning about pest control. So uh, towards the end of 13 years, during my late 20s, I started to saw what is tattooing all about. Yeah. And there's uh, some reality shows that is back in uh, back in the States, uh, uh, some tattoo reality shows like LA Inc. And, and, and so on. They, I was watching and I was like, oh, tattooing uh, really intrigued me. It's like, what is tattooing all about? It's like, oh, using a machine and, and dipping the ink and, and, and inking on the human skin and, and it's permanent. And I, I didn't even know what is tattoo all about all my life until watch it on TV. So then I got so excited. I went to a local um, artist and I got my first ink. And then, and I got hooked from there. And uh, not hooked by the pain, but hooked by uh, getting permanent art on your body, on your skin. So from there, I, I, I uh, getting more and more tattoos on, my, on myself and uh, learning the trade. Uh, from the artist that that doing me back then, and then I was doing pest control still at that moment, and then I realized um, I need to get back to my roots, uh, what I do best and what uh, I love doing, which is my passion for the arts. So I left the pest control industry, and I decided I was thinking for about a year or two should I go into tattooing full-time. Yeah, it took me about yeah more than a year to, to realize that um, because I have commitments with my family back then. And if I would go into tattooing as a newbie, would I make enough money to sustain for my family and for myself? So yeah, I pick up tattooing skill pretty quickly, slowly have more clientele as it goes on. Of course, the first, first six months was uh, to, uh, to drop months was, was tough. So slowly, uh, I, I did more and more, and then uh, more referrals, more more people, friends, introduced friends. That's how I decided to go full time. Yeah, you know, it's so interesting how uh, you know things just sort of happen, and so many decisions are taken as a matter of just circumstances. That something and uh, something strikes you as uh, as ordinary or as normal as watching something on television. And that can change, that can spark a change which can completely alter the course of your life and the things you end up doing. Yeah. And uh, now I'm already thinking because this was such a, a, a long phase of your life. I'm already thinking of what you said early on about going to art school. And I'm wondering what, because at that time you were not quite aware of tattoos and what tattoos are all about. What was your idea of the kind of things you would end up doing? What was like, because... You picked up so much from art school 
and of course we take lessons all over from everything we do in life and we do different things with completely different ideas of ourselves like you might have never thought while you were in art school that your art would be represented in the form of a tattoo that you would ink yourself on someone's body right but nonetheless those lessons are helping you in this way today so i i guess i'm just curious to know like when you were in art school what was the kind of person you saw yourself becoming what kind of things did you want to do what what dreams did you have then uh during, during my art school during my 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 20s i kind of like um i i know myself personally i know that i could be very good at art but i'm one of the um, many students doing back in the college you know, who are um we are good at what we do you know it's just that doing back then we are kind of like we are still young we, we we tend to like play more than work and you know there's so many things that i know now you know i i wish i could turn back the clock you know i wish i could go back to college back 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 to the future i would have done it 180 degrees different, you know, and I could be the best in the school, you know. So, but now I think back is like, okay, those are my experience. Those back at the time that I I played so hard and and uh, didn't submit all my work and, and and so on. But I still graduate though. But um, I I know that I could do very well back then, but I didn't. But I could say I'm very fortunate to went to. to one of the best school here that that really like prepare me uh for what i am today yeah and what is the general uh you know uh cultural attitude around professions in art let alone tattooing we'll come to that because that is definitely an outlier in the the tattooed person is an outlier of regular society in most countries of the world but i can imagine in east asian countries it is even more stark so uh, i guess i want to know when our perspectives open up this way like you find a new experience you find you see something new and it attracts you uh, it attracts you towards there and you approached a tattoo parlor in order to get a tattoo what was it that you thought about tattoos at this time what is it that the culture around you thinks of tattoos and how did that change when you got your first tattoo um of course of uh, i'm talking about locally in malaysia tattooing is still like probably 20 30 years you know yeah if you if you get um uh, any any tattoos on 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 your body and you, know, you still get stopped by police you know on the roadside and, and and so on but now um time has changed now uh more and more people have perceived tattoo as as an art you know as like as as a body art you know it's no longer related to 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 gangsters or, or or to bad people you know but of course a lot of traditional people uh the older generation of people they will still like look from from your head to your to your toe you know and they'll probably like walk away and tell their older kids you know pull them away you know that kind of thing it's like yeah but but that that's getting lesser right now you know and and that first tattoo had meaning for you in your life didn't it yes yes or oh, in fact all the tattoos that i had um back then um every single that i have tattoos on my my hands and everywhere everyone that they every single tattoo there is meaning to it 
you know mm-hmm. uh, i mean I, I i'm not proud to say but uh, i have so many like my you know um you know your your, your ex-girlfriends and, and ex-wife and and, and and so many things that is uh that's that's in my life in the past so yeah but my my first tattoo in fact is 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 something that um very, very meaningful i i got that from uh, a a a course um, a motivational course that i went to uh, back in like 20 years ago yeah and i um that course uh during the class uh the group uh, i designed a logo for them so i did that logo on myself as the first tattoo to remind myself what i i went through yeah yeah you know you mentioned that you saw some, you saw it on tele- you saw these reality shows on television and uh, they opened up this world of tattooing to you and i'm thinking how it happened this way for so many of us in this from these parts of the world like television and when television at least in india when television suddenly changed in i think the mid 90s suddenly you had access to all these foreign channels and uh, american and british shows and australian shows suddenly the world just exploded like all of these i i found out about so many things that exist yeah that even happen and uh like i think about the things that occur to us only because now we have seen it and before that like in your case something like tattooing might never have occurred to you at all if it hadn't been for a reality show and there exactly. is such a different perception of this kind of uh, of of television itself you know like i can ima- like now where i live in the part of the world where i live in the west television is seen as a negative influence in so many ways but uh, in the part of the world that i grew up television suddenly brought us the whole world that we hadn't seen and ideas that we hadn't considered right right yeah i agree yeah for for here it's like um back back in the 80s uh i mean satellite satellite stations uh they they just started uh, in the late 90s that's where you know uh, uh we are in malaysia uh, we 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 have all this like uh 50 to 100 channels of of um uh things that we could watch you know from from everything from from net geo to to hbo to to um you know like reality movies so it's like it i kind of like um it could say that 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 particular show it really changed my life if i have not watched that channel back then probably i would not be tattooing today i would not be a tattoo artist today if you ask me what would i be doing if i'm not tattooing today um my answer to you is i i really don't know i really don't know what I'll, what i'll be doing you know probably i'll still stuck killing termites and crocodiles and and rats <laughs> yeah so yeah in fact tattooing i could say uh cold uh it saved my life in a way right back into arts back into what i love doing so because back in 12 years ago i was like working and doing things that um there's no meaning for me i'm just making money to do to to sustain to to make a life out of it but tattooing really brought me back to to uh, drawing to painting to to everything that really put back to art yeah 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 and it's just incredible to me how so much can come from such you know seemingly inconsequential things like literally just watching that particular show on that channel that day could 
like can be traced to the you know the little affected like the like like the uh, stone striking a pond and then you yeah. have the ripples coming out and like just like that like the butterfly effect of it has been that you have become an artist and a tattoo artist and you've done all of these creative things and sometimes when we think about people whose work we like and there are so many people who look at your work and they love your art and they you know they admire the the just the the, the way that you draw so effortlessly and they would think that all of it has come from you know big decisions and big choices this is how we think of people that we admire like i look at anybody whose work i, I admire and i imagine them being this person who was always sure of what they wanted or and, and they made those conscious decisions and they could look far ahead into the future and they knew but it doesn't seem to always be that way like the big things don't come like that yeah yeah i i agree for me for me is is it's kind of um uh as i said earlier i, I kind of like, i'm very very blessed with my life i i i kind of like i i felt um i'm going through stages of life that um um i think kind of like god has planned my life uh, pretty much you know where where am i going for the next 10 years now i'm reaching my my big 50 right now and and it's like um uh, uh, from from early years, uh, from school, college, art college, and then from there, uh, um, not doing art for more than ten years, and then go back to art, and then become a tattoo artist. It's like all is like really like I felt like my life is like, um, yeah, it's it's I I I I I can't complain, but I know that it's it's been it's been good, you know. So it's like, um, I I I'm looking forward for for my next ten years. In fact, yeah. Alvin, it I think your life would make a very excellent Kuala Lumpur Inc. reality show. <laughs> Someone, some, uh, some, some people have 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 have, have uh, asked me about that as well. Uh, yeah, no I way, think you no need way. To start <laughs> pitching this idea to people. Like, just start filming yourself, and I think we could have a reality show on our hands. <laughs> really, really make the big bucks. <laughs> This decision to start to not only to get a tattoo, but now you want to make, you want to do tattoos. Um, how did you, how did you go about learning? What is this process about as a grown adult to decide to do something, you know, to pick up a skill that you don't have. And it's a physical skill. It's not just a mental, uh, mental thing to do. It's, it's a physical skill that requires dexterity and craftsmanship. So was it intimidating to think that you would have to learn all this and how did you go about doing it? Um, when I got my first tattoo and then, um, I, I, I took a break. Uh, I, I, uh, I remember I took, um, uh, after my first tattoo, it, it, it could probably, um, for the next, like almost two years, when I go back to the same artist to get my second one, that's where I, I clicked with my, 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 my tattoo artist back then that tattooing me. So, uh, I was hanging out with him and, uh, with, uh, rest of his artists and then, um, uh, every weekend, day in, day out, and then I I got so so fascinated with this this tattooing thing, you know, back then, and and um, I was like uh, wanted to like learn more, and I was hanging around with them all uh, all weekend, and that's come one day that uh, I realized that um, uh, the, the uh, one of the, uh, the artists asked me. Uh, um, uh, why don't you pick up tattooing since you can draw so well? And I said, 
hmm, why not? You know, so they they are, are willing to learn. They willing to teach. So they um uh, kind of like got a very short apprenticeship. Uh, I took a very short apprenticeship with them, and they 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 taught me about the machines and you know, how how it works and how how it was like um um uh, the needles and 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 so on. You know um what's the process and everything from setup to 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 the end. So uh, I was kind of like um, learning a lot back then, and especially um, uh, I try to like because when it come to tattooing, if you don't have a physical scheme to tattoo on, uh, it's hard. So uh, tattooing, a lot of people uh, either you do it on oranges or pig uh, skin, or whatever that is equivalent to a human skin. But I tried all of them, which is uh, not so real to me. So I started tattooing on myself, uh, uh, on my leg. So I have a lot of uh, shitty and bad tattoos back then, uh, which is done by myself. Uh, uh, so because tattooing uh, on yourself is, is the best way to learn for, for me, in my opinion, is when you tattoo yourself, uh, how bad or shitty job that you poke your skin in. And when it heals, you know whether you've done a good job or not, you know. And yeah, I, I tattoo so many on my leg. So, uh, I'm right-handed, so I tattoo my, my left thigh and my left leg. So that's where I I pick up tattooing skill pretty fast. I, I learned uh, the process and, and uh, what should I do and what, what, what not. So yeah, that's how, that's how I pick up, yeah. It's it, it, it just a matter of months. Having picked it up as an adult person, not, you know, not as a, like, it wasn't something that you were obsessed with since you were young. So this is a, this is a key point to me, like picking up a skill as a grown up person, because, you know, as we grow up, we, people sort of make their worlds a little smaller every day. Like there are more and more things we think that we cannot do anymore or that we are not allowed to try new things in, but to have this attitude to learn a new skill and make that's so central to your life is completely different. So uh, is it is it something you feel that uh, now that you have worked with art and so many different media, is tattooing just another media? Is it, do you, would you say that line work artists generally can pick up tattooing? Um, I think because for me personally, um, when anyone, anyone on the street or anyone including yourself, ask me what, what it takes to become a good tattoo artist. Uh, I could only say one thing, one sentence. You have to be good at drawing. Yeah. It's such a very simple theory. You know, if you could um, see all the best artists in the world, all the best tattoo artists in the world, you just scroll down on Instagram. You, you could see all the amazing work they do. You know, I could just tell you one thing. Each and every one of them, they can draw very well. They can paint very well. If you want to be a tattoo artist, you make sure you're good at art. Mm -hmm. um, for me, when I start when I started tattooing, like probably like twelve years ago, uh, I started small um, from a small little space, um, and then as 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 I grew for the last, in fact, for the last ten years, uh, I I moved to. Uh, another two uh, uh, two new places, but uh, all for the last 10, 10 years, um, it was a tattoo studio all by myself. 
you know, I don't have anybody working for me. I don't have any co-workers. I don't have any artists, co-artists working for me. Um, so you don't call it a tattoo studio, but we call it just a private studio for the last 10 years because it's all just me alone in the studio. But the last two years, I started to like open up and I realized that I need to um, have people working, working with me um, uh, because uh, I kind of like uh, last... Uh, because a lot of, for the past 10 years and a lot of my closest friends and, and, and clients that we became good friends, uh, they were asking, why don't you open up your studio, have more artists working with you so that you make your business even grow even bigger. I'm a kind of person who um, like to work alone. Uh, you know, I don't like to be a boss <laughs> and control people or, or asking people to do this and that. So I, I kind of like, I know myself pretty well. So I kind of like stuck in, in that myself thingy for, for past 10 years. And, and also part of the reasons I travel a lot for the past eight to 10 years, you know, um, I, I spent like almost like six months, uh, a year, uh, abroad, you know, only six months I'm, I'm locally. So, uh, there's no point having a, a bigger studio and a bigger business. So in the last two years, um, before, before the pandemic started, I realized, okay, time, time for a change, you know? Yeah. So now I, I, I make my studio even bigger right now. And I have a couple of artists working for me right now. So yeah, that's how I decided to expand yeah. a little bit more. You know, that, that makes me a little curious because like, uh, I feel like this is such a unique world created since like post internet that like you are working as a tattoo artist in Kuala Lumpur, but, uh, your audience is global in a sense because of things like Instagram and different people in different parts of the world see tattoos in different ways. They want tattoos for different reasons. So tell me about this, this thing, like when you go abroad to do tattoos, uh, are you doing a completely different kind of work there compared to the work you're doing at home? It's similar, similar work that I, I do back home here. Um, it's just, I have a bigger audience outside from, from where I am in Malaysia. You know, my, my, my audience, uh, a lot are from, from, from the States, especially it, even, even, uh, uh, I, I looked at statistic, uh, from, from day one, uh, on my, on my, my IG, uh, statistics, you know, uh, uh, I have like, probably like 70% followers are from, from from the United States. So I, I have a bigger audience and, and, and clientele from, from the States and followed by uh, the European countries from the EU and and some parts of um, Asia, like, like Hong Kong and Taiwan. So yeah, so I, I tend to like, uh, it really affected me, the, especially the last two years, I, I couldn't travel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So because I'm thinking about now when you're working, when you're doing a business, and now COVID has affected so much and, you know, just completely forced us to change how we think about what we do. But even before that, when you're doing your business, there are so many, there are so many factors to success. Like there is all the physical factors around your physical space. So where you are, what it is like, what kind of people walk in, et cetera, et cetera, what your city is like, but then there are all these artistic aspects too, because your success as a tattoo artist 
seems to also rest upon the kind of art that most excites you, the kind of things that you can share the most on your profile and get people interested in your work. And a large part of your work seems to be portraits. Uh, so t tell me a little bit about this interest. Like you make these hype, like these very realistic portraits and uh, you've done them in all kinds of different forms of uh, media. You've done pencils, you've done pens and you've done microns, et cetera, et cetera. And you've done them as tattoos. Uh, which one do you enjoy the most? And do you find more of a certain kind of tattoo being done internationally? Is there a certain, uh, you know, like, uh, like the kind of designs people want, does that change internationally versus uh, at home? Um, These are two very different questions. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, okay. I, I would just, just, just jump in. Um, uh, yeah, I, I always been, I, I love port uh, drawing portraits since um, college days. Um, why it got me so into portraits, uh, I don't know why. It's, it's all, all started from my art college, you know. Um, uh, the college, the art college that I went to, they, they kind of like um, emphasize a lot on portrait drawings. And, um, and I... I'm one of the students who like somehow loved drawing portraits back then. And, um, and I stopped drawing for like 10 years and I, I, I didn't even hold a pencil for more than 10 years when I was in a totally different industry, as I said earlier. And then, um, when I got into tattooing 12 years back, uh, 12 years ago, you know, I, it got me back into drawing portraits again. I realized I haven't drawn a face for so damn long. You know, it's like, let's start drawing again, you know. So I took out a paper and pencil back, like, probably like 10 years ago. And um, you know what? I, I couldn't, I was, I was, I was bad at it. You know, I was, I was drawing for more than 10 years. Then I tell myself, it's like, I need to get back to it. I need to master back at drawing portraits. And then I was, I was drawing nonstop for close to two years, every single day. And um, that's where those portraits, the blue pencil portraits came in. And mm -hmm. that's where it was compiled into a book where it was published a book all about my blue, blue pencil drawing. Those are, the, those are the drawings from those extensive of two years plus of drawing every single day. And that's, uh, yeah. Uh, and, and since then, I, I, I love drawing portraits, you know, I love drawing celebrities and love drawing. And then uh, when it comes to tattooing, uh, it, it, it still falls the same interest. Uh, I love drawing, uh, I love tattooing portraits, especially uh, uh, whether it's faces or or uh, some pets, dogs or cats or, or whatever, you know. And uh, I kind of like con uh, concentrate on more like realism tattoos. Not fully Brazilian, but it's semi-realistic uh, tattoos. Yeah, that that's my style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about uh, portrait tattoos. Uh, tell me a little bit about the process of finally getting that ink on the person's skin. Uh, what are the most, what are the common body parts that people like to get portrait tattoos on? And how do you approach it? Does it does the designing of the tattoo change depending on which part of the body it is for? Okay, um, the process uh, to to get a portrait tattoo is kind of um, first of all, uh, uh, 
tattooing, we we need to. Uh, I'm not. Sh- I I I think you don't have a tattoo yourself, right, Nisha? So you don't know the process. Yeah, we we need to get that. We we need to get probably. Uh, normally portrait tattoos. Uh, we don't do any design to it because we just get it off right hand from a photograph, a very high resolution photograph, and we try to copy like hundred percent into a skin by tattooing. So we need to get a stencil ready. To uh, we need to trace out every single detail of of the structure of the face, the hair, you know, the, the hairline, uh, everything. So uh, we get stencil on onto the skin, and that's where with a a, a real reference next to it, and we start tattooing. So um, tattooing portraits, especially, um, I'm not sure you have seen any good portraits. I'm sure you've seen some very good portraits, uh, tattoo portraits. And some bad ones. So mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. what I'm trying to emphasize is like, if you can't draw, you know, I'm very, very, very blunt in my podcast, especially when it comes to uh, this. Uh, I've seen too much of bad tattoos, bad portrait tattoos. So I, I always emphasize this: uh, if you can't draw, you know, even can't you can't draw faces or whatever, you won't able to make a good portrait tattoo. As simple as that. Yeah, because uh, even from the stenciling of um, um, of the face, uh, you if you get that wrong, and once you stencil on skin, you will get everything wrong. Yeah, right. So it's it's very very crucial. It's very very important. Yeah. 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 And what what is the typical size of a portrait tattoo? Would you do it in one session? Would you do it in multiple sessions? Because you mentioned that sometimes you have to let it, uh, you have to give it time before you can tell how it's going. Um, no, normally, uh, portrait sessions it probably will go in like a like a palm size, like mm-hmm. a palm size. Uh, probably if you it will finish in a in in a, in a session. Uh, back then, uh, when I was just started tattooing, it took me a long long time. Because I'm I'm still still new to it. I'm still learning. To tattoo, it take me like probably like eight hours. Uh, but now I have like um, gone through so many years of tattooing. Uh, I tend to like cut down the time to half. You know, I could finish mm-hmm. a, a palm size portrait tattoo in four years. Uh, in 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 in, in four, four hours. I'm assuming you don't uh, charge your customers per hour then. Uh no. Uh charging when you come to charging your tattoos, I I don't. For the last, um, my whole life, that uh, tattoo artist career, I I never go by per hour. Yeah, I I know <laughs> um, most of the artists in European or in the states, you know, all the artists they, they go by per hour. Yeah, but I right. I charge by per piece. Right. Yeah. Yeah. From that that makes a lot of sense. I think, uh, like even as an artist, because I've had to sort of figure out how how much I'm going to charge for my work, I have spent. A lot of time thinking of different ways to do it, and the per hour system is the most, like at least we tend to think that this is how you should think about it. It's the most neutral way to do it. Like have a hourly rate and then see what your time is worth and how much time you've spent. But it, I don't think it works. Like I don't think that's the best way to do things because it sort of incentivizes you to work slowly. If you could actually charge at an hourly rate, you would. Why would you do it faster? Is you know a good question, right? right. And 
right. that's not like it's sort of what we were talking about productivity right like it's your on time is your off time is also your on time in a sense and you can't just measure literally the hours that you spent uh like working on somebody's skin as the only hours that count towards you know your making that tattoo there's so much like it's a creativity such a more complex process than that yeah yeah i i i i did i did try for a, uh for a very limited time uh by charging per hour back many years ago i i i it seems to me it it doesn't work for me because uh when i tell the client the client will say okay uh i only need five hours you know that will be like uh, $500 you know let's say $100 per hour but it tends to sometimes i could i know i could finish in 4 hours but you know or i could i need more time i could finish in i i need more time extra hour so sometimes the client would feel um reluctant to pay you additional because you, mm-hmm. you told them you, you you could finish in 5 hours so it's like there's so much conflict and 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 also like how kind of pressure me to uh work faster or work slower on 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 mm-hmm. a on a on a art piece so it's kind of like it will kind of like jeopardize my my my, my reputation and also my 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 art so i yeah i rather go by per piece and i i take my own sweet time to do it right yeah i absolutely agree uh generally on the subject of pricing have you had uh, has it been a learning exp- like learning curve for you to understand how to price yourself because of course now with your previous work as in in pest control uh, you have a very you know you have these uh, you have an hourly rate then i guess and people have there, there are these standard numbers to go by you know how much you should charge etc etc but suddenly now you are in a creative field and a lot of things are not measurable anymore what was it like for you to start to charge for your work uh, did you have to uh, account for uh, generally spending habits in kuala lumpur in malaysia versus outside um for even even to today uh i could say uh, normally uh uh sometimes i i i tell some of my closer clients that they are they are coming back to get more work from me uh i i what i i i say is uh uh you kind of uh getting a a very good discount uh if you getting work for me locally if if you were getting a work for me uh, abroad uh because for me to travel and also all the expenses i need to i i definitely i charge much much higher uh mm-hmm. when i travel but uh for for people who are staying locally in back in malaysia and, and clients in malaysia getting uh tends to uh if they would do the uh, conversion currency and everything you know they are they pay so much less to get tattoo for me uh, uh in malaysia uh compared mm-hmm. to uh people uh in the states or, or anywhere else. yeah so it's kind of like um and also the currency wise you know um uh up up a Malaysian currency uh uh great get, getting smaller and smaller yeah so mm-hmm. it kind of affect me as i said it affect me uh very badly in the last two years in fact yeah. So, right yeah you've uh, over the last two years is with the time that i've seen your work i've also seen you do so many different kinds of things like so many different kinds of uh, artistic expression you uh when the first time we did a live i remember you mentioned that you wanted to get into different media you wanted to try colors you wanted to try canvas uh and you've done some really large commissions on canvas like we were just talking about the 
the eight foot long <laughs> portrait you made ridiculous it's just so big and you did it with micron pens which is just utterly insane um <laughs> has like uh these opportunities how how did they come to you uh yeah i kind of uh people i, I now i think i have uh established myself uh if people who want to get a uh some good portraits of of their dogs or cats or even uh, someone uh, their loved ones or whatever uh they they would come to me to to, to get one and and when it come to commissions like uh that uh we spoke about uh the recent commissions uh that i uh big commission that i did with my contents um these clients uh i i this family um i know them like just um casually like I know them probably like five years ago, and we just uh, never kept in touch. Uh, we we just had a drink only once, only met them once. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we have became a Facebook friends all these years. Till till the pandemic started last year, um, they they kind of uh, they got a big house and and they they want to fill up the walls with with, with uh, nice portraits drawing and and they thought of me, so they they. Yeah, they got me. Uh, uh, flew me to um uh, to Penang, which is like an hour flight from here. Uh, still, still in Malaysia, no. Um, to to discuss with them, you know, uh, flew me to their house and discuss the big commissions. What, 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 what? Uh, how many pieces and what are the images that they want for me to draw? So we discussed, and yeah, I kind of um, I feel intimidated. Uh, at the beginning, because I know I've not done such a big commission before, and especially with, with even with pencil or even worse still now now it's micro pens. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I could say, yeah, I could say that's why I say I always felt like when things you think is is getting bad in your life or you feeling you are falling down there is always something that pick you up in life you know regardless what it is so for me um this commission has kind of like picked me up quite a bit in in terms of um, surviving you know uh for me and for not traveling and making so much money or making money to to sustain for me and my my family yeah, yeah and i hope it leads to many more commissions now that people see you do a certain kind of work i think it makes it puts the it plants the idea in the minds of all of your fans that this is the kind of thing alvin can also do and what's really interesting to me is that it not only plants that idea in the minds of other people but also having done it is the only way sometimes that we know that yes we can do this too like you were mentioning how it was intimidating for you because you'd never done anything like this yeah and i was thinking in 2019 so just the just before the pandemic uh, the last the uh, autumn season before the pandemic uh, i got this opportunity to draw on a canvas and it was exactly half the size of the canvas you did so this was 4 by 4 feet and it was to be shown at this big event in chicago and i had never drawn on a canvas before in my life and i didn't know how i would draw it this scale because i work with fountain pens 
Right. But I said yes immediately because I just really wanted to do it. And I wanted to find out how am I going to make this happen? That was, it's going to be fun. <laughs> let's right. let's put this enormous pressure on myself yeah. and I will have to find a solution because same, same what here. else? Yeah. So I drew on a four by four foot canvas with fountain pens and markers and microns. And uh, I had, uh, I think I drew like 10 or 11 different hotels. Uh, the the entrance of different hotels and different features they had inside them. So that was a lot of fun. But I didn't have the challenge of making a portrait at scale. Uh, I guess what I want, does does this change? How, how does change, like, you know, going from small to large to really large, does the portraiture challenge change with scale? Um, yep, yep. It's, 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 it's definitely more challenging compared to just uh, um, just to uh, scale-wise, of course, it's more challenging, but uh, I just felt like uh, the most challenging part for me and the most um, intimidating part is uh, I'm not drawing something that is on a piece of paper, like a, a small commission with my blue pencil or pencil. Because if that goes anything, anything goes wrong, I could just throw the paper away. But mm -hmm. for my big commission like this, I, with a pen, with, with, uh, of course I draw with pencil first, with an outline, a rough sketch, but with a pen, but I can't, I can't afford to do any mistake, you know? Uh, so that's where the pressure comes in, you know, uh, with such a big scale. So there is, to be very honest, uh, of I've done uh five pieces right now uh, um, uh four small uh four smaller pieces at one eight by four uh there is of course there is some minor um uh, uh mistakes here and there but I know how to cover it up you know with my pants right. yeah that's where right. you know your experience comes in yeah but you know uh. Yeah, that that that's the the, the pro and cons of um, you know, uh, doing things for the first time. Yeah, yeah, so true. I think uh, so much of experience is about learning how to nicely hide mistakes. I find. Let's take a short break here to help us as well as you catch your breath and reflect on the subjects that we've spoken about. If you are taking a break from the episode now, this is a good idea to tap the link in the episode description, which takes you to the show notes. You will see links and references to the various things we've spoken about. Before we move forward, give me a minute now to thank my sponsors. This show is completely independent in that it is made entirely by me, and its sponsors are also completely independent, people just like you. I am a one-man production house, but also a one-man emailing machine and the host, and at the same time also the one-man unpaid overworked intern. <laughs> it is a single-person show supported by generous listeners, the Sneaky Art Insiders. Sneaky Art Insiders keep this show running, allowing me to not be distracted by such mundane things as bills to pay, so that I can give each episode all the time and attention it needs. 
and doing this week after week, episode by episode, quite suddenly I find myself now on the verge of 50 episodes. 50 episodes and I counted this second bit, just over 90 hours of long-form conversation. Dear listeners, this show began as a way to continue learning from fellow artists during the social isolation of the pandemic. It has grown since then to become so much more. I think today it better resembles a library of experiential knowledge, practical insights and hopefully lots of good ideas. It is a 21st century library in the sense that it is available for free to anyone anywhere in the world. And I am glad to be that kind of librarian. But at the same time, it is also a library or a storehouse in the most ancient traditions of knowledge sharing known to humanity. That is, an oral tradition marked by good conversation and deep discussion. As I come close to 50 and soon to 100 hours of long-form conversation, I am reaching out to more listeners to support this show. If you value what is being created in this way, if you have ever checked out something useful from this quote-unquote library, help me keep it running. Help me keep it growing. Become a Sneaky Art Insider. Sneaky Art Insiders commit to supporting the show and my work at an annual rate of just one cup of inflation-adjusted coffee per episode. <laughs> That's all it takes to keep your favorite podcast on the air. Insiders in exchange receive all kinds of perks. For example, one benefit of becoming an insider is that you are informed in advance about upcoming episodes and therefore upcoming guests with the option to pose a question to that guest. We resume this conversation with Alvin with a question posed by one of my insiders about the specter of self-doubt that is such an inalienable part of every creative person's life. I sometimes, uh, I open up uh, this opportunity to the people who support my show. I ask them to pose questions for my upcoming guest recordings and uh, I mentioned you as well and the work you do. And one of the questions that I received uh, generally for all my guests, so I, I think it's quite kind of apt to ask you, was about the place of insecurity or self-doubt in the creative life. Like you have done work across so many fields and you have climbed the ladder to learn so many skills. What has been like... What has given you confidence and how have you dealt with this this ghost of self-doubt and imposter syndrome that we have sometimes about whether we can do something? Um, self-doubt. Uh, I have self-doubt with uh, every single day. <laughs> uh, it's kind of... Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I give, I give um, my friends or, or the audience or my followers uh, their impressions that I, I, I work so hard every single day and, and uh, I have the talents and, and I can do almost anything with any medium. But 
uh, to be honest, I, 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 I self-doubt myself every day and, and I kind of like, um, I felt the lack of confidence every single day, but I tend to like pick up, um, right away when I, you know, you know, I'm a bit, you know, uh, not confident on doing certain things, whatever. I will just step aside and, 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 um, just relax and watch my Netflix on and come back, <laughs> come back to, 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 uh, to the work. But, right. uh, for me, I think is kind of, you need to not to give up what I can say, uh, if I have given up many, many times in my life on many things, you know, uh, even on, not only on, on work, even on life. Uh, but, uh, I, I could say, you know, um, as I, people, people grow, as people grow older, people get wiser. Uh, I think I've actually grown, grown wiser in the last two years. I don't know why, mm -hmm. probably because of the, of the pandemic, you know, uh, uh, it helps me to, um, grow so much, uh, more open mindedness and, and, uh, felt like, um, I need to live this life, you know, um, um, to the fullest, um, to do what I love. And, and I, I, I tell myself, uh, I'm not young anymore. You know, I, 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 whatever I can do, commissions, tattooing, whatever, I could probably do this for the next 10, 15 years, you know? till my hand shakes, till my eyes can't see anymore, you know? So <laughs> it's like, kind of like, I need to like do it to the max. You know, these are my last chance in life to do all this thing. Yeah. So I keep telling myself every day this, this I keep motivating myself. And uh, on the other hand, um, um, what keeps me going is people that inspire me every day, you know? Uh, my wife, uh, my friends, my artist friends, uh, people, uh, my uh, people who I see great works on on IG uh, every day. You know, um, I see uh, as I'm flipping IG every day. I was like, wow, it's great. This super amazing. You know, let's keep going. I tell myself keep going to not to reach that level, but you know, keep going and enjoy the process and, and you know live life yeah right yeah and i have sometimes found that endurance of this kind like so like you mentioned that you know if you have self-doubt every day there are moments and there are occasions when you succumb to it you you are made helpless by it you really don't you stop believing in yourself even if it is for just a little bit so in the long run, I don't think anybody has not had those those moments, but uh, endurance, therefore, is more about getting back up and continuing rather than never falling, which is sort of what we tend to think it needs to be. We think it needs to be this clean, perfect thing, right? Like that's part of the image of accomplished artists, the ones who never have these moments of doubt or yeah. uh, never have any failings in front like you know the perfect sketchbook is one of those ideas that there are no bad drawings in it therefore this person has no flaws 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, for for me, I I I I um from young, I I know I'm a perfectionist. I want things to be as perfect as possible. Uh, you know, things that um in the house, like probably it's something that's like out of alignment. I would just go there and and and, and align it back. You know, the kind of thing is like, but I I I'm not that. That's so perfect right now. As I grow older, I tend to like, okay, just, <laughs> you know, uh, put that aside. You know, I, t- I tend not to see it anymore. You know, kind of like, you know, that kind of thing. But I, I think for my life, I have uh, the word that, that you said, endurance. Uh, I have endured quite a bit in my life. And I, I think I have this persistence that I want to do want to achieve certain things that I am persistent enough to to reach certain level that I want to achieve. Yeah. It's it's the kind of like you have to persevere um and keep going. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. 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 And in connection to the idea of endurance, I was also so made so curious by finding out about these endurance exercises that you were up to sometime in sometime last year i think you were doing some very long treks i saw you in with a group of people and then i found out about this polar expedition that you were part of in 2019 and it seems like a completely different part of you so please just uh, tell me everything about it i have no I, i have no idea about this part of your life um oh, that that is uh, my 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 kind of like little little uh um my adventure life <laughs> uh, i i kind of like i i always loved the outdoors uh when i since i was young and uh, it's uh, never been like going the outdoors so much but i was uh i love the outdoors that is why the reason that i i i joined i joined the scout when i was well back 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 in the school days um mm-hmm. um but i love camping and like going the outdoors so but after After so many years from from not going outdoors, I I started getting back to outdoors uh, a couple of years ago, and then uh, I realized uh, I, I found I came across this 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 particular uh, adventure, which is the uh, the Fjord uh, Fjord Raven uh, Polar Expedition. Uh, they uh, how I came about this ex- uh, expedition is from from the uh, the bag the bag that um, that I, I brought uh, uh, the Kangen bag. You know, uh, I'm I'm sure it is is a very fashion icon that a lot of girls or uh, they carry that bag with the fox logo on it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when I when I got my that bag and I was using it for a couple of years and then it somehow following the IG of of that particular brand, a Swedish brand in, uh, from Sweden, they uh, uh, I saw some posting about um, this expedition that they've been going on uh, for the past 10 years at least. So uh, I read about it. I went to a website and how to join and, and who can be part of this expedition. So I was like, I kind of kind of skeptical and think, who am I to able to be eligible to to be part of such a big event, you know? Uh, and uh, so yeah, I just 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 um, try and uh, put my my three minutes of video introduction, you know, uh, to to apply for. For mm-hmm. sport, so um, every year they they given that twenty spots um, for for twenty winners from uh, from the globe from around the world from different regions from around the world. 
So I was kind of like, I, I represent the uh, Oceania region, which is uh, seven countries for under the Oceania region. So uh, Malaysia is part of it. So I was kind of, uh, every region, they will select two winners. Uh, one with, uh, they go by, the winners, they go by two systems. One is a voting system and one is by a selection by the uh, jury. So uh, I was not, uh, I, I didn't win by, 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 by the voting system. Uh, it won by uh, a candidate from uh, Indonesia. So in the Oceania region, uh, I, uh, so it left with the jury pick by the jury uh, decision to pick one uh, from, from, from my region. So I was lucky one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, based on my video, based on probably they just want some different guy, a tattoo right. artist <laughs> to join <laughs> the expedition. Yeah, I was I was really 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 uh, fortunate. I was really really lucky. So I went yeah. when I was watching the live when they doing the the live announcement of the uh the winners from live from Sweden, uh mm-hmm. from Facebook. Uh, I was like when they when they read my name, I was like. I was fell off my chair, and yeah, I was was very very lucky. Yeah, yeah. Before this event, what was your experience with polar climates? Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> yeah, that that is one reason why I I want to experience the uh, yeah. It was it was an Arctic Arctic experience. It was it was uh we were at the Arctic for like five days, uh, six days. Um, mm-hmm. it, uh, we uh. It, it was a uh, uh, dog sleigh expedition. Yeah, we were the dog sleigh. Uh, we were given like six uh, six dogs, um, uh, a sleigh by ourselves. We were sledding about three hundred thirty kilometers uh, for five days, from from mm-hmm. the starting point to the finishing point. Yeah, and from, uh, where where were you? Sorry, from from uh, top of Norway back to Sweden. Uh-huh. It, uh Along the Arctic Circle. Right. I have visited that part of the world also uh, a few years before you. I went to see the Northern Lights in nice, yeah, in this town called Kiruna in Sweden. Yeah, that's where that's where 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 we started. Oh right. Yeah. Oh Kiruna. lovely. Yeah. 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 Exactly that. And I remember uh, we uh, I didn't do the the dogs uh, uh, sleds, but uh, we spent some time with the dogs there in that little town somewhere there, and it was quite fun and. We did see the Northern Lights also. That was amazing. Yeah, so do but I. Yeah, I cannot imagine spending six days in that kind of weather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but it it was it was such an experience because we uh if if uh if you say you know whether we uh we we get we get um uh comfortable with the weather or not you know because for the five days we I think one of the nights that it went down to to max like minus 20 but i don't mm-hmm. feel we are having the temperature of minus 20 but it's just that it's 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 an expedition by uh, uh by this company of they which they produce uh, outdoor gear so we are fully equipped from head to toe uh right. with with the gear so we are fully protected and fully like you know so we are having a good time in fact yeah I, I think they wanted people from tropical climates specifically so they could prove the worthiness of their gear that even people who have never seen this kind of world before can spend time here if they wear our clothing. 
exactly. Which also makes me think that part of the selection process must have been your ability to pronounce Fjall Raven. Fjall Raven, is that right? Fjall Raven. How do you pronounce? Yeah, okay, Fjall Raven. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I wouldn't have made that. See, I, I, I would have. I, I, I would have I, missed I, this. I, I, I learned. I tried to learn that for 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 quite some time before I make the video as well. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's not our fault, right? That kind of uh, company in India and Malaysia are not the target market for their clothing. <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. Yeah, it's especially the the, the all the uh, all the thick clothing, all the all the parka and 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 so on. Yeah. We, yeah. 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 This time when you started doing these live sessions, you also discovered the urban sketching hashtag and that made you curious about this practice. I remember I pitched it to you also in our live session, um, but you didn't immediately start, of course, because things were in lockdown and there was not any urban sketching uh, opportunity for you outdoors for a, for a little while, but then you did eventually start doing it. Can you tell me a little bit about uh, the first experience and what it's been like, how uh, had did you enjoy urban sketching? Yep. Um, right after I did my first live, um, and then um, right away, I think the following next few weeks, I start um, um, uh, messaging all the uh, artists that I want to go live with, and and um, I'm very fortunate that everyone say yes to me, and 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 glad that they have joined me. You know, in the past, um, I kind of. I, I learned so much um from them and from from myself. I, I could I I can say that I I even improved my drawing skills, you know, from urban sketching, even though I could mm -hmm. like draw portraits and 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 whatnot, but you know, drawing urban sketching is like it's so different for me. I mm -hmm. uh, because urban sketching is like drawing things uh right in front of your eyes, whatever you see, you know. In its perspective wise and 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 everything else. So it's even even uh, all my IG life is all from from a photograph. It's not it's mm -hmm. not live, but it's still it's kind of like I learned so much from all those process that I I I've been through all those life. So it kind of like for the past two years of more than hundred life that I did with so many artists, so many incredible artists. I've learned so much and kind of like it helps me to improve my drawing on a daily basis right now, which uh, uh, I somehow knew that I couldn't draw cars back then, but now I know that I can draw them, you know, that, that, that kind of um, the thing. So it's like, there's so many things, yeah, so many things that uh, I felt uh, and I and, uh, began to like love drawing uh, from 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 life, you know, uh, can't wait to like go right. out and, and draw from life, especially when, when travel, you know. So when I started urban sketching, I was like, keep kind of like telling myself why I didn't start urban sketching many years back, you know, <laughs> because I make so much travel around the world. Uh, I will have like drawn so much, but only the pandemic I started and I have, yeah. I have to start <laughs> on an IG live with a photo reference with my, my friends. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I can't wait to like go out, you know, to, to draw right now when I travel. Yeah. With a sketchbook. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. I absolutely understand that feeling. It's, I had the pleasure to visit home in India uh, a few months back. So I did get some travel sketching in and my landscape around me changed 
otherwise it's been because of the pandemic it's been so much of it has been indoors and everything else has been sort of walking distance you mentioned this difference between drawing from observation and drawing from a photo reference can you tell me a little bit more about this what what are some of the what are some of the things you gain from drawing from observation that you don't get when you're drawing from a photo uh it, to me it's two different things uh drawing drawing from uh observation is you, you could you could like um it's more like all your five senses you know um you know in your environment let's say you're sitting on the streets all your five senses you know you, uh, it's mm -hmm. either you 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 sitting under the sun you know you're perspiring and, and you try to draw the building right in front of you and then there's so much memory that you can recall back uh after you finish the drawing when you look back and then uh and then the sound, you know, car passing by and everything. But drawing, drawing from a photograph is, is just sitting in your own comfort table with your AC on and, and looking on, <laughs> on, on a two, in a 2D piece of photograph and drawing. And it's, it's the difference is, is different. And the learning, the learning process that you pick up is totally different. You know, that's, that's how I feel. But of course, yeah. I've drawn so much on my IG live using a photo reference, you know, but so sometimes there is a few chances that last year when uh, Malaysia opened up, we I joined the uh, uh, the local uh, urban sketches, portable uh, urban sketches to to go out to draw. Mm -hmm. I kind of like uh, tends to like uh oh you know uh, it's so different from for me looking at a photograph drawing on my table and now on sitting on a street with a stool, and it kind of like it's so different. It's I find it a bit harder. Because I have mm -hmm. not get used to it, you know, drawing, yeah. drawing from observation. Yeah. So. Yeah, I've come to the point where I think uh, drawing from a, like it's the the situation has flipped for me now. Drawing from a photo is much harder than drawing from life. Like if I especially, and I think this especially with respect to drawing people, because I I feel like I draw more naturally when I'm drawing from observation, and. I would personally rather draw a portrait of someone really just looking at them than from a picture now, because I feel that drawing from a picture, I'm almost trying to recreate the magic that happens when I draw from uh, observation. And I think this is basically the the difference here is just that I really came into my art and my style when I was drawing from observation. And in your case, you spent a lot of years drawing from photo references and you, and that has crafted your style and your approach. Right. And it's, it's an interesting difference for you to start drawing from observation at this point in time. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's like, um, the, the opposite from, 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 from your, your experience and my experience. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I, I kind of like, um, uh, yeah, I, I. I can't, I just, I just, I just can't wait to like, you know, could travel again and, 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 and just bring my pen and sketchbook and, and need to start drawing, really, really drawing a lot from outside, outdoors and indoors. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I hope that I get to join you in some of these sessions in a beautiful future world where these pandemic concerns are behind us. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I can't wait to go back to the States and, and probably, you know, uh, I have not stepped foot in any part of Canada yet. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and one of the, one of the best reasons that, uh, I, I did, uh, I, I, I got from all my, all my IG life is like, I met so many friends, so many uh, good friends, uh, good artist friends like yourself, uh, from all parts of the world, 
you know, from, mm-hmm. from Europe, from, from Canada, from the States. Um, yeah, I can't wait to like, we get to meet someday, you know, get to travel to your country, to your States, you know, to your home, uh, you know, uh, go out for a meal and, and go out to hang out, to, to draw our hearts out, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. It's, it's going to be, going to be a blast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, uh, with things the way they are, we can't really be sure whether things are opening up for good or if there's some kind of nasty surprise around the corner. With all of these, you know, so much is in doubt, but still as creative professionals and now part of your business is to be online, part of it happens in the real world with the tattoos and the art commissions, but so much of it is supported by your online presence and your online activity. It's such a crazy challenge if you really come to think about it to coordinate our work in this uncertain times. So I guess I just want to know what are some, I wonder if goals is the right word. What are some targets that you want to meet this year and next year as an artist, as a creative person, as a creative business owner, uh, and the things that you're already doing, maybe the things you're excited to start doing in the near future. Um, uh, I think for this year, I still, still, there's so many un- uncertainties, you know, um, you know, um, probably, uh, 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 hopefully, hopefully everyone, we are, we don't want a war to broke out. Uh, and you know, even, even the pandemic is, 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 uh, everybody is like from the pandemic is going to the en- endemic phase right now. You know, everybody's living with it right now. And, but I still kind of like, uh, um, kind of like afraid to travel because for me, for Malaysia to travel to abroad and if I were to stuck there and I couldn't come back, you know, my, my family is here. So it's, there's so many things that it's not sure and kind of like worrying, but what I, I, I could see for myself in the next, next 12 months, um, uh, especially, I uh, I would like want to like try to get more clientele here, you know, try to like es- establish myself more here that, uh, let, let people know that I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I can't like stuck here right now. You want to get work for me, better get up for me right now. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, uh, I'd like to like, um, nurture my, my, my artists, my, 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 those artists that work in my studio, uh, uh, bring them up to, to, a to a higher level, you know, um, to, uh, guide them. And probably by end of the year, we are like, we are talking for the last two years since they joined, uh, we'd like to bring them to, um, to Europe for one of the biggest tattoo conventions to have, um, for them to experience in their, for, for their career. So for myself personally, I think I hope to do more commissions. Uh, in the future, uh, or to get more commissions and, uh, for me to, um, not just tattooing, um, but also doing commission for drawings and on, on other things. And also, um, uh, would like to, uh, get into, I started like, uh, a few pieces, uh, um, a couple, a uh, couple months ago, like six months ago on, on oil painting. So I really want to go into oil painting, um, from, from a smaller scale to a big scale. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep, that's something that I, I could see myself doing in the next 12 months. Yeah, yeah. All of it sounds uh, especially lovely to me because all of it seems to come from the same source of your curiosity and your interest and your 
passion to do things and i find that you know however tough it gets uh the creative life is really fulfilling in this regard that if you have creative goals or targets or things uh that you want to achieve as a in 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 creative spaces it's always exciting and there's this quote that uh, uh an art not an he was he isn't an artist he's a writer a writer friend of mine shared and he shared this during the pandemic around these times of even political uncertainty and he said something that made a lot of sense to me that i have imbibed and he said that the worst time to be an artist is the best time to be an artist alvin uh, we both uh, come from uh, worlds where you know it's not often encouraged that people step out of line like i've had a few opportunities to explain my my life my my creative decisions recently because i've been featured on a couple of podcasts and uh, i had to explain the world that i was coming from in which this is not done like people don't do odd things that they just felt like doing generally people do things that the society around them is doing or the things that that society deems as worthy things that these are okay professions these are things that uh, respectable smart people should study and these are things that you should not and therefore you will not do them but you know we listen to interesting people and i i try to talk to people who are doing interesting things precisely because so much can happen if we follow our own passions and follow our own curiosity uh what would you say to people who struggle with this decision you know of of following their own compass or following what the people around them do how how do you how do you empower such people how do you ask them to to think about their life tough one um what i can say is if you have a dream you have a goal um don't let anyone including your loved ones to uh stand your way or, or block your dreams and and, and goals I, i i believe um uh, for me i i have i have gone through pretty much in my life um i I realize uh there's come to a point that I need to believe in yourself and listen to to yourself what you want to do and what you want to achieve don't let anyone to interfere or influence you or 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 um uh, have bad vibes on you and, and telling you not to do this not to do that you if you know that you can do it if you believe yourself you can do it just go ahead and and and, and chase your dream but is don't um but on top of that you also need a lot of people to inspire you to to encourage you and 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 lift you up you know during that um down times but what i can say is is for those people who like has been always like um um at what you call what the term call uh, i forgot the term call uh, you 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 um you been like not not to say timid or you know, not to say like introvert or, or whatever is is just um you have to like open up and 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 be yourself and and mm-hmm. and if you know you can do it and you want that something in life to so bad in your life 
just go for it yeah 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 i li- i like what you're saying it's so um, there's this thing i read by the philosopher nietzsche and he said he called this the the will to power and mm. that every person has to exercise their will to power and the definition of like the general idea of will to power is really understanding yourself it is your job to understand what are your motivations what are your passions mm. what is it that you are willing to struggle for and fail at also and then it is your next job to make sure you do that to express yourself in the most comprehensive way that you can is yes. to exercise your will to power yep and i i have found that to be uh very important in my life and i am glad to speak with you to know from you and to have first ever run into you again the fact that we know each other is also just happenstance the fact that we ended up doing an, an instagram live session yeah 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 and it has been a it it has been great to know you and to learn so much from you great great Bef- before we add i just like to add one more thing it's like it's is it's just a, a very very like uh, general questions that uh, a lot of people are uh, from from followers or anybody who like even mm-hmm. yourself you get this kind of questions like how to be mm-hmm. how to be a good artist how to be Mm-hmm. uh to be good as as uh as you you know uh you can draw so well and uh how do you like uh can draw portraits so well uh what it takes to be to be like you it's 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 the same thing that you know is how much willing and how much hard work you willing to put on to 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 put in uh i have put in years and years of countless years of 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 uh 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 no blood but a lot of uh sweat and tears like i can i can say <laughs> you know uh so much you know uh that um i have even what i what i achieved today is is based on what what i have i i put in you know so you know people who are listening in is like if you willing to put in that much uh as much as i did uh, i'm sure you will get get to somewhere that you you want to be Yeah yeah I that that's that's really lovely and you know I like two parts of this the firstly how you ended it if you put in that much time you will get to somewhere and I like to think of it and I like to say this to people as you know if you don't have a fixed idea of the destination but you just follow very diligently the things you love you will definitely get to somewhere good it might not be the thing that you think you want to do today that you want to be able to do later but it will be something great you might not learn to draw like me or like alvin or like all or any other sketching art drawing hero that you might have but you will learn to draw like yourself and that might be a lot more valuable than being able to sketch like someone else exactly so, exactly yeah i thought for me like back back then i i i don't even know that i ever dreamed that i would become a tattoo artist i know that i going to be an artist but not a tattoo artist So it, that is some some something in life that um stages of life that brought me to become uh what I am today you know uh yeah. it's all those hard work and everything so for people yeah. who work hard you know it might just bring you somewhere that is more more than what you expect yeah, yeah. and that's that just that thing happening is also so central to the art process like i feel like if you're an artist you learn to have faith about about these kind of things you know that as long as i put in the effort 
maybe it will become better than I can imagine. That is something that does happen a lot in the art practice. Like your drawing becomes better in ways that you did not think it would. Like it exceeds the limits of your imagination. Right. Something happens, right. whether it is the ink, whether it is the watercolor, there is some magic. And I think having some space, leaving some space in life for that kind of magic, it's good in art. And I think it works well in life as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, I, I just, just, I just know that uh, I always encourage artists who are like beginners, whatever they, if you want to be good at art, just do whatever you think you can do and put in. 100%, 200%, 300% to it. And one day you will realize you have your own style. Like Nishan, like yourself, you know. Probably you, 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 now you have your own really particular fountain pen style, the way you draw figures, the way you draw buildings. You know, that is your mm -hmm. super unique style. You know, there's so many people who say, I want to draw like, like you, Elvin, how you do portraits. There's no point copying another artist, you know. You just get inspired from all those incredible artists around the world that you see. But when you hard work put in, you tend to come up with your own own style that you mm -hmm. you, you do, you know, eventually one day. That is the that's that's the ultimate success that I could say. Yeah. 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 I, I couldn't agree more. Like I think for the longest time I used to think uh that there is it's too late for me to find my own style. Like I remember being in my late twenties not being able to draw particularly well and thinking, you know, style is gone. Like style is something you have if you are talented from age five. That's the only way you can develop style. So maybe I learned to draw, but style is impossible. And I actually remember distinctly the first time that somebody looked at my drawing and said, you know, Nishant, I can recognize your drawings from a distance. I know it's your drawing. And I had never thought that way about my art before. And that's the day I realized that I think I have a style. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. This just happened. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. No, nobody draws like you. No, no, no one in this world draws like you. You know. So it's, <laughs> it's, uh, but but my my kind of sketch, my kind of portrait sketch, you know, uh, from the school that I came on, you know, it's like so many. It's, it's so recognizable that people know that I come from that school because that school teach that kind of style. You know. Uh -huh. Yeah. But uh -huh. yours is so unique that you know it's like yeah. Oh, one, yeah. only one in what one in the world yeah <laughs> i'm glad for that incredible compliment thank you but uh like just just that idea you know of wanting to draw like somebody else it's also part of that same idea that you know that person knew what they were doing i think it's so much more useful if we follow the model that somebody followed in their life rather than following the decisions they took. So for example, if somebody wanted to draw like Alvin, the solution is not to go to art school and then not do art for a decade and then become a tattoo artist and then draw and then you will draw like Alvin. The idea is to follow the model of curiosity and the model of hard work and endurance that you dis you've displayed and to apply that to your life. And once you do that, that's when the real the, that magic happens. You come with your authentic style and that has infinite value because again, it is only you who does that. And thousands and thousands of people look at your work and they instantly know this is Alvin. I look at your drawings when I'm scrolling, doom scrolling on Instagram and I know that, oh, I just scrolled past a drawing by Alvin. Even in a millisecond, I know that. And I'm 
glad to know it. I'm glad to see your art. It inspires me. You have inspired me in lots of ways since we met. And thank you again, Alvin, for this incredible conversation. You, I've had such a great time. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank. Uh, thanks. Thanks everyone for for joining us. Uh, for joining Nishan and myself. And thanks, Nishan. I appreciate your your friendship and 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 your inspiration. Uh, uh since the day I, I I know you two years ago. Um, and thank you for having me on on your podcast. Um, I hope um. Some people will enjoy my podcast with you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. I hope this conversation gave you some good ideas. If you have thoughts that you would like to share with Alvin or myself, if you have lingering questions that you would like answered, please reach out to me. I share show notes from this episode on my Substack. Find the link to my Substack in the episode description and drop a comment on the post to share your thoughts. Find also links to Alvin's amazing work in the episode description. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your attention. And I'll see you in the next one.